Downstage co-host David Cotton is off this week and will return for the next episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Downstage, the San Diego Theater Critics Circles podcast. I am Alejandra Enciso Dardasti. Happy to be here. I have a wonderful co-host, let's say, <laughs> joining us today with our special guest. Hello, you. <laughs> Hello. It's so nice to see you today. My name is Cassiopeia Guthrie, and I am the secretary of the San Diego Theater Critics Circle. And I am so excited, Alejandra, to be here with our special guest, who I would love to have you do an introduction on. Yay! Well, I am very happy to to have her. Um, it's been a while since we contacted her, and I'm so happy that she said yes. So it's Ali Flores, stage manager extraordinaire and social media influencer extraordinaire. And I was like, wait, what? We have to have her on. Ali, welcome. Thank you for being here with us. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be part of this. Yay. So we're going to, you're working on a show currently and we're going to talk about that, um, later on. But first, uh, introduce us, tell us if we're not part of your following, your hefty following. Um, what do you do? How did theater come across your life? Like step by step. So, <laughs> so right now I'm stage managing. Um, and theater's always been a part of my life. I think I my first exposure to it was when I was three years old and I watched the 1999 Annie movie. Um, and oh then, <laughs> I know, it's weird. It's weird. Um, but Oh, it's the year, girl. It's the year. Yeah. When you continue. Um, <laughs> three um, years old in 99. But yay, yeah, you know, one dates themselves. Yes. <laughs> those reactions. Um, and then since then, theater's always been a part of my life. My parents always took me to see shows at like local theater companies and touring productions um, at the Civic. And I didn't really start theater until my junior year of high school after I saw their production of Legally Blonde. And I was like, I want to do that. That looks fun. So I started, I started as an actor um, performing in my high school and my colleges, as well as with different community theaters. And then we got to 2018. Um, it was my senior year of college. I auditioned for a show my friend was putting on on campus. Um, I didn't get cast, but I reached out to them saying, I'm still interested in helping. What can I do? And they said, I need an ASM. Uh, can you do it? And I was like, yeah, but I've never done this before. And they were like, don't worry about it. Just follow your stage manager and you'll learn stuff. And I did learn a lot. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. And uh, one of the cast members in that show um, noticed how great I did as an ASM that they went to our mutual friend who we had performed with in 2018 over the summer, who was directing a Christmas show and suggested that I be the, a uh, the SM for that. Um, mm -hmm. So both that cast member and the director <laughs> messaged me um, asking me to be their stage manager. Um, and they brought me on with no experience. And I said, yes. And that Christmas show was an incredible fun experience for me. And I decided that I was done with acting and I wanted to stage manage for the rest of my life. Oh, wow. It was yeah. that impactful. That's awesome. It was. <laughs> um, and what was the first show that you were that um, you did ASM? The um, show I ASM'd, um, it's called Almost Maine. Um, mm -hmm. It's a play. Um, 
yeah <laughs> and then the christmas show is called every christmas story ever told and then some uh which cassiopeia was involved with and the director was actually her husband david so both of them pushed open that uh stage management door for me and i'm very grateful to them we've been very close ever since look at that <laughs> so fun fact i feel like probably some of our listeners don't know that my husband david is an actor and a director so <laughs> um yes. So we had the opportunity to be involved on the board of a nonprofit theater for over 12 years. And during that time, we both fulfilled a number of roles. And so I had the opportunity to work with Allie in a number of different capacities there, um, including being a producer for her productions, being an actor in productions that she was stage managing, and then also working together in managerial um, roles as well for the theater. So that's and David also is an announcer, right? He is. He is the PA announcer who does uh, pregame and halftime at Snapdragon Stadium. And he also does local high school area basketball and football announcing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he does a little bit of everything. Mm -hmm. Well, I have another fun fact for you guys that you're not going to expect. <laughs> so you <laughs> mentioned Legally Blonde. So Legally Blonde was my first show with Broadway San Diego because I started as an intern in 2010 with them. Oh, wow. And that was my door to theater in San Diego. Oh, that's so exciting. Oh. <laughs> that's amazing. Full yeah, circle. <laughs> it's full circle. It's crazy. Awesome. And so... What is theater? You saw the, the, you were on the acting component, you know, on stage, then because of life and circumstances, you went backstage. What does theater mean to you? Oh man, that's a really good question. Um, <laughs> theater, like, I don't know. It's, I feel like it's a fun way to um, express yourself. And I think, theater like I don't think people realize that there's so many jobs that surround theater not just on stage and backstage but also in administrative um so literally anyone can get involved it doesn't matter what your experience level is I think it's a fun medium for everyone and particularly for me personally with stage management um when I was acting I didn't really feel like I fit into that group I was just doing it to be part of theater because I didn't realize there were so many other jobs that go into doing theater at the time I was acting. But then I stepped into stage management and I finally felt like, oh, this is what I was meant to do with my life. This is the career I want um, after being so unsure of what I was going to do when I first entered college and just picked a random major that I thought I could get by with <laughs> just to get my degree. Um, so, yeah. Hmm. So I have a question for you, Allie, actually, because you did mention that your first production that you um, stage managed was Every Christmas Story Ever Told and Then Some. And I obviously have a little bit of a peek into this production as well. Um, but my question for you is, in what way do you think doing a show like this one, one that is it's described in the marketing materials as a madcap romp through the holiday season, in what ways do you think that doing a show that is a little bit more active with three performers and a lot of stories being told. How did that prepare you to be a stage manager in the spaces that you're working now? Um, I think it, I think it prepared me for all of the ways I had to be organized backstage uh, because that show is very prop heavy. So I was backstage doing lots of prop handoffs to the actors and like, 
quick changing them um, and just having to track where each prop would land, where each actor would exit, uh, what they needed on stage left and stage right. So, <laughs> and that's what stage managing is. You got to keep track of the props. You got to keep track of where the actors are entering and exiting. You got to make sure they have uh, what they need on both sides of the stage backstage so they can just quickly grab it and go. So I think that was a, that it was an intense, but also really good um, <laughs> stage manager experience for me to prepare me for my future shows. Yeah. And we see you guys wear a headset too. So what, what is that? What are, like for people that don't know, we see you in a booth. We yes. see the cast always thanking you <laughs> <laughs> when the show ends. So uh, for people that really don't know or are not familiar, uh, what is all that jazz? Yeah. So the headsets are so we can, um, so the crew can talk to each other. So the stage manager can talk to um, every crew member backstage who's on headset. Um, sometimes the house managers will also have headsets. Um, I've only experienced that at one theater though. <laughs> so, um, and I haven't, <laughs> I haven't worked at a, ton of theaters that do have headsets i've only worked at three theaters that do um which is no big deal like it's not the end of the world um yeah i like, was gonna ask you that <laughs> next <laughs> cool um so the social media aspect of it oh but mm -hmm. first but first welcome guys this is me um <laughs> i love that you said that there are so many roles uh in theater because it really does take a village to put on a play and it's not just the onstage talent which many people think and we've discussed uh previously in in other episodes how sometimes to the outside world right it is uh this is a hobby this is not a career this is not something that you make money in or pay your bills off of and it's it's a way to let people know that it is and it's it has its stresses and yes you have fun times but it's not just learning lines and being on stage like i get asked all the time actor actor am i no 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 <laughs> no you know or that because uh we couldn't be on stage then we're backstage right and that was like the reason um so i'm very glad that you bring this up and you're young and you're in the backstage i had back in the day on another podcast an episode called uh those angels we call stage managers because if it wasn't for you guys it would be over so i wanted to say that and they call it show business for a reason it's a business and there's a lot of aspects that come to that that the stage really is last <laughs> it is last so um, social media, when did this start that you created an account? Um, her Instagram account over here is stage manager 1618. If you don't follow her already, um, how did that start? Was it TikTok first and then Instagram? Did you mesh the two or, or what, how did those ideas come about? And then the following. So I, that started, um, TikTok was first, um, and that started back in 2020, when the lockdown started um, in the pandemic and um, an actor friend of mine and I were on Instagram um, sending each other um, theater TikToks people would post on Instagram. And I don't know how we got to talking about it, um, but I messaged them saying, oh, you know, like I could never join TikTok. Like <laughs> it's too weird. I don't know how to navigate it. Um, and then they sent 
me um, back a message saying, oh, come on, you could do it. Like, think about uh, how many stage management um, content creators you see. There's none. You could totally be on social media promoting stage management. And um, <laughs> they meant it as a joke at the time because <laughs> I was making fun of TikTok. Um, but I took that message to heart and I was like, you're right. I don't see any stage management um, content creators out there. I see actors pretending to be stage managers in these little skits they do. Um, but I don't see anyone as a stage manager um, being a content creator on social media. So that's when that started. Um, and then the Instagram came a few months after the TikTok um, because for a moment, everyone got scared TikTok was going to get banned in the oh, yeah. United States. Um, so what every theater creator was doing was making an Instagram handle for their TikTok page. Um, and so I did that. Um, I'd post my old content here and there. Um, but I really started uh, reposting my stuff on Instagram in 2022. Um, and wow. one of my videos blew up and caught wind from Broadway, San Diego. Um, and that's how Mark and I started our relationship. So then I just kept going with the Instagram uh, from last year into this year. Wow. Mark does uh, public relations for Broadway, San Diego. Hi, Mark. And it's wonderful. Hi, Mark. <laughs> wow. Because, <laughs> oh, I'm like, <laughs> and and um, how do you get these ideas? Because I, I feel, and you guys can tell me, but my impression always working in theater, aside from really, res I respect all my colleagues and all the people that I work with, obviously, but stage managers always kind of scare me. <laughs> I'm always like, respect because uh it's usually they're more serious um they're more in character with the role and you don't want to make them mad like that's that's always how i maybe it's my experience across stage management which i've worked with wonderful all of them are great but i've always been like respect my distance i'm not gonna you know joke around with you because i'm scared you know i might be so is that like the general <laughs> concept of how they are or is it you guys are or is it because you have this big responsibility and you really have to keep the train moving you know what I mean it's it's definitely that last bit we we have to keep the train moving we have to make sure everyone's safe we have to make sure the show runs smoothly um it's a lot on our plate um and I promise you like we're we're not intense we're not angry people we're we're fun people we we enjoy what we do <laughs> it's just it's hard it's stressful I, I mean all all jobs are stressful it doesn't matter if you're in theater or in mm -hmm. a different um position outside of theater it's hard uh, all across the board so um, we get stressed, <laughs> um, but it's, it's still worth it. And I still have fun with it. Um, and my content, um, it mostly stems from it, experiences I've had, um, <laughs> um, but, um, also experiences I've witnessed, uh, throughout my career as an actor and as a stage manager. Um, so yeah, <laughs> I am, I'm, I'm so happy when, like I found you in, because having it on social media with the younger generations and having like a theater talk <laughs> and go in there and have it not just be actors and, and show that and show also, you know, the frustrations and things like that, but in a really candid, fun, 
uh, cool way is amazing. And I always say when we discuss when we're together that there needs to be more spaces like that because there are a lot of people in the youth (laughs) that need their outlets, that love theater, that don't know like where to go, where to express themselves. And um, I'm I'm happy that you are there and you have that profile and it's so fun. And it's it's also informative, really. <laughs> Thank you. It guides us, you know, through uh, the goods, the bads and, and all of that. Yeah. Can I ask you, what responsibility do you kind of associate with bringing younger generations into the theater? I mean, that's something that we have talked a little bit about in past episodes on the show, um, just, our our collective passion to help you know drive diversity in our theater spaces on stage off stage in our audiences and so my wondering is to you um, someone who is operating not only in a professional role in the theater spaces but also somebody who has has engagements with people who are younger who are just entering this industry what does that look like for you what, what do you hope to um to facilitate through your actions in that space I mean, I just want to show people that like these backstage jobs exist. Like if you don't want to sing and dance on stage, you're too nervous, but you still want to be involved. You can still be involved. Um, And if you don't want to go backstage, there's administrative jobs you can do for theater companies. Um, And I wish more people talked about that, um, especially on social media and especially in schools, because when I was in high school and going through college, um, they only focused on acting. Um, which really sucked <laughs> because I feel like if I had more exposure to um, all of these different jobs uh, backstage and in those administrative theater positions, maybe I could have discovered stage managing sooner. But then I think about the journey I've been on and I'm like, oh, wait, I might have not have known these people or had these experiences if mm-hmm. I had not gone down the road I've been going down. So, um, but yeah, I just wish people would talk about um, backstage, administrative, onstage jobs more. Thank you so yeah. much. So for our younger listeners, maybe, if they were interested in in getting involved in these spaces, what would you recommend for them? If this is something that they're interested in learning more about, since, as you said, there those are areas that are maybe not spoken about quite as often, what would you recommend for them in terms of getting involved? Um, I would say go to your local community theater or to your school um, and say you're interested in learning about stage managing. Um, reach out to them, send them your resume um, and ask to get involved in a show. And then they'll hopefully <laughs> put you on a show. And then uh, the more shows you do, the more experience you'll get, um, which is literally how I learned. Um, none of my stage management um, experience has been um, at school, it's all been done through community theater. And uh, fun fact, I worked at SeaWorld for a bit, stage managing for the Sesame Street shows. <laughs> and that's, wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just the more shows you do, the more experience you'll get. Um, but you got to take that jump. It's kind of scary. It's scary to reach out to people. Believe me, I know I don't like reaching out to people either with my resume um, and especially writing cover letters. Cover letters are the bane of my existence. Oh, but- my God. <laughs> started on that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you got to take that jump. Um, and then once you do, you'll feel better. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's cool that also you pointed out the SeaWorld part because it's not just 
theater per se, the building and the curtain, you know, you can do different types of performing arts activities that go into the role. So that's yeah. more variety for people. Yeah. And at SeaWorld, I wasn't just doing the Sesame Street shows too. I was helping stage manage their events, the, the yearly events they have every year, like Seven Seas and um, Viva La Musica, which was my favorite event that I did. Um, and um, it just stuff like that. Um, and yeah, stage management exists outside of theater. It's at theme parks. It's at corporate events. It's honestly everywhere. This is amazing. And speaking of, um, you just opened a show. Moxie opened uh, Man and Moon. So we, we had the opening night this weekend and we went and you're going to be there. Anything that's coming up for you? Um, besides Man and Moon, I know what my next two shows are. Um, and I'm, I can't, I don't know if I can, I think I can talk about one of them. I can't talk about the other one. Mm -hmm. Um, but what I'm going to do for my followers on Instagram and TikTok is do like a, oh, guess what my next show is. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> so I already have that content planned. Um, nice. So yeah, keep an eye on your girl. social media. So that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We loved having you and go follow her. Okay. Ali Flores, go look and thank you so much for everything that you're doing. I mean, it is, it's, it's really awesome again to find, um, our young peers <laughs> say, um, I, I love, you know, mixing words like that because, uh, we learn from each other and it's necessary and it's not, you know, a one-sided coin or it looks a certain way. So I, I love that. Thank you yeah. so much for being here. Of course. Thank you for having me again. I love chatting with both of you. Yay. Well, so we'll nice to see you. Right and we are back. So Cassiopeia, let's discuss. Let's discuss openings. So like I mentioned before with Ali, um, Man and Moon at Moxie Theater opened this weekend. And um, then we, another show opening this weekend is Babbitt at mm -hmm. the La Jolla Playhouse, which is a show that's been talked about a lot because Matthew Broderick is in it and Anna Klumsky is in it. Like for the people with the generation of um, my girl, <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> like me again dating myself my girl the movie uh it's something that's exciting i think so too i had a really great opportunity actually to talk to uh the writer of babbitt last week joe de pietro and i was really really intrigued to have the opportunity to explore this production he mentioned that it really is about american moors um and politics and religion and capitalism and advertising and all of those pieces together. And so um, I'm extremely interested to see how this uh, show that originates from a 1920s book is being staged at the La Jolla Playhouse. Oh, amazing. Yeah, I'm, I'm also very curious. And going back to Man and Moon, um, it was, it's, it's, it's a very moving show. Uh, it's about, we can say, right? We can say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Uh, it's about breast cancer and the performances were really good. And um, 
We had uh, Desiree Clark Miller, who is uh, Moxie Theater's artistic director. So that's really cool. You can listen to that if you haven't. Mm -hmm. And she gives us a little peek also um, on that show. And then uh, the shows coming up, we have Proof at Backyard Renaissance Theater. That's coming up in November. What else do we have happening? So, you know what? And I just wanted to mention before we <laughs> we go into the next one, Proof is such oh. <laughs> an interesting production. Uh, if you are not familiar with the script, I'm really looking forward to this particular show because it is an intersection of of family and math and legacy. And so I'm definitely very much looking forward to that one. Um, but also Diversionary is about to open the Glass Menagerie in December, as well as, of course, our holiday lineup. Oh, our holiday lineup. Yeah, with Glass Menagerie, it made me laugh because, in a good way, obviously, because we do theater trivias and that was part of my theater trivia and we didn't know it was happening. So that was, it's oh, cool when fun. that happens. Yeah, yeah, that's the Tennessee and Williams also, show. Oh, yes, yes. So also be prepared. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know, also the, the shows that you're going to see if it's going to be. Yeah, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> and but I'm, I am looking for and with a great cast too. Oh, I love when they put like all these strong cast members together. You're like, ah, how are they going to how is that going to look? And another uh cool thing that happened this week in San Diego is that the 25th anniversary tour of Mamma Mia um, passed by, but um, one of the leads, um, Alisa, played by Alisa Melendez, who is a San Diego native, um, was there. So that's another full circle moment that happened. And it's really cool to see people from San Diego go out and, you know, succeed and then come back home and, and be greeted. And it, it, it made me laugh because I posted my little preview on social media and people were coming out like, oh, she was in my class. Oh, she was at the Shakespeare studio at the Globe. And I was like, there you go. The girl oh, did the so work. She did the yeah. work. <laughs> Alejandra, I really loved seeing you also interact with her during the chat back on Wednesday that night at right. the theater. You do such a great job facilitating those conversations. So it's always Thank such a delight you. to see you um, helping lead them on the the path of going through the conversations about the production and all of the things that relate to them. Oh, that's right. I always forget everything, you know, my ADD guys. But um, thank you so much. Yes, uh, Broadway San Diego um, hosts chatbacks um, usually the second day of the show week, uh, the Wednesdays. Usually, usually, most shows do do those, and I facilitate them. So, yeah, stop by, stay if you have the chance if you're going to go see a show. So, thank you'll you. You'll get so some much for that. insider information about the audition process, about other shows that these actors have been involved with. Sometimes we even have some technicians, stage managers, and things like that. So, it's a really cool opportunity for us to get a little peek into the window of touring production. Yeah, it's really awesome. And that's right. Sometimes we, we have like, you know, the people that coordinate sound and light and all these things. And it's amazing what they bring to the table and audience members too. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sometimes they have their own moments and we're just watching. So that's really amazing as well. Uh, so coming up with the, the holiday lineup, you did a really cool list also oh, for San Diego Magazine. 
So what do we have coming up? We have the classic of the classics, right? That's, you know, <laughs> it can't be Christmas without that green little fellow. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So we do have two shows that are opening at the Old Globe. And for those people who have um, seen them in the past, we have, uh, obviously, um, Dr. Seuss's How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Um, and that one is based on the animated version. And so um, I think I described uh, eating up the stage version like a like a sugar plum. Right? <laughs> so um, it is very <laughs> sweet, very fun and very family friendly. They even have all ages productions. You can bring small children to that. Um, and we were talking the other day about how special it is that they also have sensory friendly performances and ASL interpreted showings. So um, that's that is how the Grinch. Yeah, how the Grinch stole Christmas. And then they're also going to be putting on once again, Ebenezer Scrooge's big San Diego Christmas show. Um, which is done in the round. Um, and it is a quick, raucous journey to um, through the story of Ebenezer Scrooge, but it's set in San Diego. So if you haven't had a chance to see that, it's kind of a fun interpretation. It's a really fun show. And this year, Christopher Sieber is going to be in it. So if you're uh -huh. a fan of uh, Mr. Sieber's work too, uh, that's also a cool part of San Diego when you have different actors coming um, from out of town and doing these roles. So that's also an added bonus slash opportunity. For sure. Uh, we also um, have uh, the Welk Resort Theater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. The Welk is doing Elf the Musical. It's actually the San Diego premiere. So we're, we're really looking forward to that one. It's based on the Will Ferrell movie. So for those of you who may be fans of that particular movie, it is, is going to follow Buddy, who's a, a human boy raised by elves at the North Pole. Um, who tries to come back to New York to to meet his family. And it's um, a very funny production. So that one will be at the Welk. And, you know, actually, I realized oh we should have. <laughs> it's such a fun story. I realized we should have mentioned also the other Christmas Carol, which is at Signet. Right. So Christmas Carol at Signet is really a. I think a little bit more traditional, more of that Victorian story. Um, but if you have not seen that one before, uh, it, it does have puppets, it has music, it has live sound effects that happen during the show. So it's another really great production to catch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and this is a great opportunity for people who usually don't go to the theater or are scared of the theater <laughs> or they're like, that's not for me. This is a great opportunity to introduce yourself, your family, go with friends, celebrate, because these are really beautiful shows. They look great. They sound great. And there's a different take. It's not just, you know, Ebenezer Scrooge mm -hmm. <laughs> on stage in different stages. They're bringing a lot of variety and, you know, it's, it's, it's part of the season. So why not include it in, in your holiday plans? And, Absolutely. um, yeah. We have a couple of jukebox shows and, and, and music-based shows as well that are coming up. So it'll be fun for folks who like music to catch some of those as well. I think um, Lambs is doing the new show, which is a combination of their cast from R-E-S-P-E-C-T and Million Dollar Quartet. So they're coming together with that production. And then San Diego Musical Theater is going to be doing um, uh, Plaid Tidings, which is the holiday um, sequel to Forever Plaid. So. So I think there really is something for everyone always. Yeah. Do we need to see Forever Plaid in order to understand Plaid Tidings? 
No, they'll give you a little bit of the background. I mean, it's, of course, always nice to see all of the different stories in a series, but they will give you the background of Forever Plaid. Um, and it it really, um, it really is just kind of a, a fun barbershop quartet focused show. Cute. And then for all my Spanish speakers and also Latin Americans, but Mexicans mostly because of the pastorela, uh, San Diego Opera is doing El Milagro del Recuerdo, The Miracle of Remembering, which is a they mesh opera mariachi in the San Diego Symphony Orchestra in a pastorela. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's going to be fun and yeah, different. It sounds, it sounds really incredible. The story takes place in Michoacan, and it really follows these two families. Um, and I am very, very interested in hearing about the production. Yeah. That is it. It's it's going to be very different for sure. And they they're only here two days, so that's that's you have to take advantage of that opportunity. Exactly. I see that there's also I'm like looking at everything they have. <laughs> um, On stage, Playhouse is doing another one. It's it kind of um, I don't know if that has to do with a pastorela, but it's called Star of Star of Ocotillo. Mm-hmm. That's happening in Chula Vista. And uh, there's, there's also dance, uh, Cirque Musica Holiday Wonderland at Harris Resort Valley Center. And this is a two-act celebration of holiday cheer with jugglers and acrobats and other performers. So that's mm-hmm. fun. And then now the one I love also when new shows come, but they stay and they become like a December holiday tradition and uh, 1222 Oceanfront, a black family Christmas is one of those uh, at New Village Arts in Carlsbad. And it's a locally developed musical. And it's when uh, Dorothy, who's the matriarch of the family, welcomes back everybody to her Carlsbad home for the holidays. And obviously what happens when family gathers? (laughs) So sprinkled with a little bit of music, so that's 1222 Ocean Front. It's a really fun show as well. Yeah, it definitely is. And it is um, directed by Candace Crystal, who we've had the opportunity to talk with on the podcast as well. That's true. And I was all excited when she said that she was directing. And I was like, oh, my God, you're doing Ocean Front this year. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, that is true. And it's always cool to see the show directed by different people because it always, because they have their style, it it, it always changes and it's really cool to see those changes and see how they change the show, yeah. Right, those unique interpretations and the ways that that folks' directorial nuances kind of are expressed in in the decisions they're making for staging the production. A couple other touring productions, right? We have Cirque Dreams Holidays, which is uh, Cirque du Soleil, and that one will be coming through the Civic Theater, again, for one weekend only. And then also um, Million Dollar Quartet Christmas will be at the Balboa Theater downtown, and that one has, you know, Johnny Cash, Jerry Lee Lewis, Carl Perkins, and Elvis Presley. So it's based on true events that happened in December 1956, and it really has a lot of those, those fun tunes that folks will remember. And, you know, we mentioned earlier that my husband, David, is a, an actor, um, and he actually is going to be involved in one of these productions this year. He's in A Mall in the Night Visitors, which is happening at Genesis Opera Theater, um, which is an opera written for television. So, um, Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah. David. 
he'll be stepping in and, and singing one of the roles this year. So I'm really looking forward to um, just enjoying that as an audience member. Cool. And I didn't even know about the Cirque du Soleil, this holiday show. I was unaware. So this is really cool because there's a little something for everybody. You mm-hmm. have, you know, sh- uh, music, dance, acting, the classics, like you mentioned, that's a little more theater, straight, like Victorian. So there's a little bit for everybody if you'd like to you know, go through that or you read the book and things like that. And then it's like watching a movie too. When you read the book, you want to see how that plays out in the different format. And that's always fun. Exactly. I agree. It, it just gives you a little bit of a, of a fun, I think, exploration through, through the art that exists out there. Yeah. So there's a lot going on um, in San Diego. People cannot complain really. <laughs> They're they're totally bringing it, and um, we're going to be seeing some of those and reviewing some of those, so you can um, see also what we thought about about the shows in our media outlets that we write for. Exactly. So, Cassiopeia, it was an absolute pleasure to be yeah. hosting with you today. It was great, and again, shout out to David. Um, that's off this weekend. And um, we have one more episode, guys, coming, and then we're going to be taking our little vacay, holiday vacay, and we'll be, the podcast is going to be back in January, and there's a lot of ideas and a lot of stuff that's happening that we're working hard, right, to bring to the airwaves. (laughs) And we're so excited about the next um, few months and the podcast and all the great things that are up to come, so. A lot of things are coming. Um, we have a newsletter too, so check check that out. It, you can go on the San Diego Theater Critics Circle social media. You just you know do a Google search, and everything will pop in there, and you can go and check it out and subscribe. And we feature we're featuring also um, past winners of this year to be on the newsletter. Um, Berto, Berto Fernandez was there in our last one. So um, shout out to our president, Erin Marie Ryder, who's doing all this and Cassiopeia as well. They're working hard to get all this new content. And it's a very exciting time. It is. And you can actually access all of our different programs through the website as well. So you can always visit sdcriticcircle.org to to subscribe to our newsletter, to catch the link so that you can go and follow past episodes of the podcast, and also to learn more about our upcoming Craig Knoll Awards, which will be happening in the early spring. I, I can't believe it. It feels like we just hosted this year's uh, <laughs> ceremony, and now ah, we're going back, and oh, it's going to be Great, because we were coming from a huge pandemic hiatus, guys. So it was hard because it takes a lot of um, man hours, (laughs) human hours, but it also budget wise is it's hefty and it's complicated. So for us to bring this to you all and have it be nice and merry and celebratory and everything, it it takes a lot. So we're, we're working hard and very happy to bring the ceremony in the next year. And also your Writers of Tomorrow contest. How's that going? going? 
It's wonderful. We're in the process of adjudicating all of the many, many entries for the reviewers of tomorrow contest. And we are really excited to be able to share the winners at the Craig Knoll Awards in February. Oh, yes. I'm so excited. <laughs> uh, this is another, you know, adding to what Allie was saying, this is another role that you can play in theater. And also you like, you know, reviewing TV movies like that's that's a nice segue to get in and and, and it's it's wonderful. So I'm, I'm very exactly. happy. That and if you are interested in doing um, something similar to what Ali does, so being a social media influencer, personality, content creator that is theater adjacent, um, please keep an eye out on our website and on our social media because we are involved in the Jimmy Awards reporter search and specifically the San Diego area version of it. So if you are a, a younger future content creator and you're interested in talking about theater, we have some incredible opportunities for you coming up. Yeah, there you go. So we're doing a lot and it's not just about, you know, reviews. So we are getting out there in the community. We're bringing more opportunities and it's a great team and it's a lot of work. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So we'll see you guys um, in a couple of uh, more weeks for our last episode. And let us know if you want us to discuss certain topics or interview a personality. We're here. This is also your space. And have a wonderful week. <laughs> We're starting off the week. So. Talk to you next time. Next time. See you at the theater. Bye. Downstage is a production of the San Diego Theater Critics Circle. Your co-hosts, David Cotton and Alejandra Enciso Tardashti. 